Hi guys and welcome to Rue Rambles, a Purple Croc podcast. Welcome to the first ever episode. I am so excited to be bringing you this podcast. Ever since I made the decision to record a podcast about like two weeks ago, uh, I have my mind's just been like full, like full of ideas, full of things that I want to say, people I might want to have on it, stories that I'm really dying to share, even stories that I'm thinking, should I share or should I not share? I'm just... I'm excited and I've been planning it and it's honestly, it's my baby. It's all I've been thinking about and I've had a lot of fun designing the cover art, talking to people about it, getting people to listen to the first uh, episode and just getting some advice and so I'm really excited to actually have it beginning. I'm going to have a wee segment on the podcast every every week, I think this is going to be a weekly thing, we'll see, uh, called Random Rue Thoughts, and basically I'm just going to, I don't know, I'm going to share this weird thought that I've had throughout the week, or maybe one that I've had just in my diary that I've been talking, um, writing out and trying to figure, and just share it on the podcast and discuss it with you guys. And basically the podcast is going to be a collection of travel stories, it's going to be some advice, maybe some questionable advice, and just talking about being in your 20s and also that what after what happens after you finish your degree and what happened for me and just discussing sort of those like crucial points of your 20s and that's what the podcast is going to be about and yeah I'm so I'm, I'm just like buzzing I can't wait and I think this time this is like my third time actually recording this uh, if I'm honest and I think each time I'm starting to get a little bit more natural a little bit more like uh, I don't know I'm just I'm ready and so excited for this to actually be successful and out there on Spotify for everyone to listen when they want to and to get an update and and hear what's been happening but I also thought I would do a wee, just like a, a wee summary of the past few months, because I feel like, especially for those at home, there's bits of missing, especially of just the linear line of where I've been, why I've been there, and sort of what happened, because I just kind of uprooted my life in New Zealand and left and started this travel journey, and I don't think I really explained why or just any of it, so... I guess the moment that things changed was uh, at the start of June when I was in Dunedin, I had a job and I left it and I moved to Queenstown and I got a job there and I sort of like started this whole ski life and then it just wasn't the place for me. Some things happened and then I needed to leave basically. And I would say that this was also probably like the lowest point of my like 20s, like a point where I felt pretty miserable and I went home to Invercargill quite a lot, which if you know me, I don't really do that. And I really depended on my family and my friends during this time. And I was just, overall, I was just really, really lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to study further and I didn't want to be in Dunedin. I didn't want to be in Queenstown. I didn't want to be in Invercargill, sorry. And I just like did not know where I wanted to be. And I had these plans of traveling in November and sort of like after ski season because that's a priority for me. And then my mom said to me, like, Rue, just just go now. Like, why not go? But she also suggested that I go and I go somewhere where I volunteer or do something for others rather than just go and start this like backpacking journey. Um, And so that I obviously I needed to kind of heal myself. So we went on the web. And we found uh, a yoga retreat, a yoga and wellness retreat. And 
I put in an interest and then I ended up moving to Sydney for a month and volunteering on there, which was a, an incredible time. And I met one of my dearest friends, Harriet, who I'm now like really close with and also is a reason why I've moved back to Sydney where I am now. But anyway, that was in July to August. And then because I was there and I thought, wow, Bali's so close to Australia. It's really not that that I know. It's not really that close, but it felt really close. And so I jumped over to Bali. Uh, and then once I was there, I sort of thought, oh, well, I may as well do like Southeast Asia. So I went to Thailand and then I had plans to go to uh, Vietnam and Cambodia as well for a long length of time. But I really just love Thailand. I went to Laos with a great group of people for a week and then went back to Thailand. <laughs> and then because I had a leaving flight from Vietnam, I had to go to Vietnam for two days. And now I'm back in Sydney. So that's like a really short summary of the past few months and where I've been. But during the time, so much has happened, so many crazy stories. Like I would say that one day of backpacking is like a week of normal life. Like genuinely time there goes so slowly. And and to be honest, like these 10 months of this entire year for me have felt like, like, oh, I don't know. Time is supposed to go faster, right? When you're older but honestly I feel like it's slowed down like I I don't know it just I feel like I'm living each day I'm living all the shit I'm living all the great parts but I'm like living it all and that is a good thing like I know that's a good thing but I am definitely experiencing every experience and it's slow and it's real and I feel it first story that I want to share with you guys is the story of my first night being a solo traveler and the night that I actually arrived in Bali. Uh, this night was something that still kind of traumatizes me, but I also did learn a lot from it. I learned, you know, I learned lessons for that I could carry with me for my next nine weeks of traveling. And I can reflect on this as being like perhaps a bit of an overreaction. And just, I don't know, poor Rube, like back then, I think I was, I feel like I've grown up since that time, basically. So I'd had a big travel day because, you know, when you're solo traveling, when you're backpacking, you book the cheapest tickets that there is out there. You book the cheapest flights. It's just what you do. And if there's a layover, you know, seven hours in some airport, that's fine. You know, you just sit there, you read your book and I don't know, watch TikTok or call family and friends and catch up with them. That's just like normal. That's what you do. And I I picked the cheapest flight and I had about a six hour layover in Brisbane. So I flew from Sydney to Brisbane and then I stayed in the airport for hours and I was beginning to get quite tired. I'd woken up at around seven that morning and now it's the evening. I talked to pretty much everyone, like I'd exercise every phone call I possibly could to catch people up and chat to them. And then I was done and I'd watched TikTok and I'd read and I was like, I just want to be in Bali and I want to get to sleep. We get on the plane, which by the way, the flight had been delayed. So it was even longer. And then we're sitting there and they're like, someone's luggage is lost. We are just going to find a moment. And I don't know, someone had lost their luggage. And we had to wait for a whole nother hour on the tarmac before we could fly anywhere, which was really infuriating. And I was so hungry, but I also had the whole row of the, um, the whole row of the plane to myself. So I could kind of lie down and the flight was fine. And eventually we took off and like, it was all good, but we arrive in the airport and for those who are traveling to Bali soon, it's a little bit stressful to get into Bali. Like, it's fine. You just need to have this, like, app. I can't remember the name. It's, like, super long. And you need to have all these, like, forms filled out before you go. You know, forms saying what you're going to have, what you're going to bring into the country sort of thing. And now I had this form 
in my phone case. Uh, when I say my phone case, I mean like in this little card holder I had, which I also had my FBOS card and my driver's license in. So I took out this form and I like let them scan it. And then I did all the app work and I gone through all the security. I got my visa and arrival. I'd done all of that shit. Like everything was fine. And then they have came out and needed to get a SIM card, went and purchased a SIM card. And now by the time that I was here purchasing the SIM card, it was about 2 a.m. Bali time and then about 4 a.m. Australian time. So like I've been awake for, I can't do the maths, I cannot be bothered counting the hours right now, but I've been awake for like far too long and it feels like 4 a.m. to me. I'm a bit delusional at this point. And so I'm, I'm checking out like I'm, you know, buying the SIM card and I quickly realize like, oh, fuck where is my driver's license? Like it is gone. And I'm starting to kind of panic. And I like say to the lady who I've just purchased off, like, oh, like, do you see it? Like, I think I've lost my driver's license. And I just sort of start panicking, like uh, overreacting and just sort of like heart rate goes up and I'm like ready to cry. And she's like, no, I can't see it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? I retrace my steps, but I can't really, because I've just gone through all this security and I've gone through all these machines. So like retracing my steps is literally just like, you can only go to a certain point and then you can't go any further because that's like, that's that. And so I'm thinking, fuck this. When I took that slip out back past that security gate, that must be where I dropped my license. Like that must be it. And so I run up to the security guards and I'm like, can I please go back and please take me back to, you know, I think I've lost my driver's license at this point. And they didn't really understand me one because, you know, English barrier, but also because I'm like, and I'm just like, I don't know. I was just, I just remember like being so dehydrated, so hot, so sweaty, because I was wearing a long sleeve top and like this cardigan, which I call my sunset cardigan. And I looked really cute and comfy, but also it's like 30 degrees in Bali. I just poorly dressed for it. And I'm really sweaty and I'm really dehydrated and I'm really tired and I'm kind of trying to cry, but not able to cry because I'm so dehydrated. And so I'm trying to stumble out and say, I've lost my license. Can you please help me to the security guards? But they're just like, uh, and they're confused. And then I see my driver because I'd already ordered a driver and he's got a sign with like my name on it. It's like trying to wave me over and I'm trying to like yell at him through the thing. Like I've lost this. I need to go back. And like, he didn't really understand what was going on. And then the securities didn't, but eventually one man sort of caught on to what I was trying to say. So he takes me back and he takes me through all of these machines. So every security thing that you go through to enter the airport, like every scanner I had to go through. So I had to take off my pack, my front bag, my handbag, and my cardigan. Each time I went through these two scanners and then another two downstairs. And so I was so hot. I was so sweaty. I was starting to really stress. And like, you know, it's a, it's an important document, your license. Like I need that. I can't get another one while I'm over here. Although like I soon figured out that you don't really need an I form of ID when you're in uh, Southeast Asia at all. But, you know, I didn't know this. This is my first day ever traveling. So I thought this was something that I was going to really need and be very important. So I was really, like, I'm really upset that I'd lost this. And so then eventually they take me to this back room and I'm like sitting in this back room with all these Balinese security and like, just like, I couldn't cry. Like, I mean, I'm trying to cry, but I can't really cry because I need some water. Someone give this girl some water and a tissue, please, because she can't get her tears out. And I'm sitting there and they're like, we've found your license. I'm like, yes, thank goodness. And they bring over this ID card and it's not mine. And it doesn't even look a single thing like me. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like that's, uh, I'm just starting to stress. So they take down my new Bali, Balinese number and they're like, we'll give you a call. And like, if we find it, we'll get you. 
And I just sit there in the chair, like, mm, like my life is ruined. Like, what am I going to do? And then eventually, a few moments later, like a phone call comes and they're like, we think we've found it. It's past the security gate. And so I have to go through all of the freaking security again on the off the backpack, on the backpack, you know, handbag, cardigan, everything. And I'm sweating. I, I stink. Like the sweat patches are like massive ovals, dark circles on my top. I just felt so gross and so unhappy and just so like over it. And just like, I just remember thinking, I just wish someone was here with me because I couldn't even message anyone back home because of the time difference. It was too early, like the early hours of the morning, no one would reply. And like, I don't want to worry, worry them because it's not a massive deal. But I just felt so alone and so sad. Like I just thought, oh, and then it was my ID card. So that's great because I got my license back. And I like... Uh, I just feel so, so sad for that poor Weeroo that was starting her travels. And I just think, you know, next time, use a fanny pack, use a, you know, actually get one of those because they're great, you know, have your stuff in there and look after things a little bit better, you know, dress appropriately for the temperature of the country that you're going to. And when it says 30 degrees, don't wear a long sleeve top and a cardigan, because honestly, it you're not going to want to be in that, especially if you have to go through security. And then I you know, I get in with my driver, he takes me to my hotel, which I booked a hotel in Denpasar, if you've ever been to Bali, like, that is a weird and stupid place to get a hotel, and also, like, I just wish I'd booked a hostel, because then at least I'd have people around me, rather than going to a lonely hotel room after experiencing that horrible thing in the, in the airport, and I just, you know, I get to this hotel, and it's, it's four in the morning, oh, it must be three in the morning Bali time at this point, and there's, just like, you know, they said 24-hour reception, but they don't have 24-hour reception. There's just my card, my key card, and the piece of paper with my name on it at the front desk, which is just like an open-air space, like it's not actually a room. So I go into my room, and because of like the card just sitting there and my name just being there, I just didn't feel very safe, and also I was really tired and really like over-emotional and just like stressed, and so I, I locked all the doors, and I felt like I couldn't fall asleep, because every sound I heard that night, I thought it was someone trying to break in, and I like had to go get a chair, and like put it against the bathroom, because you could get in to my bathroom from outside, like there was access to the pool from the bathroom, I don't really know why, and you couldn't lock that, so I had to like lock the other door using a chair, I didn't have to, I was just like panicking, and so that night, I think I slept for an hour and a half. And I remember like Snapchatting lots of friends um, and being like, oh, that's my life hurts. And just like sharing with people, but not really like explaining how I was fine the next day. I was just really tired. And as soon as I got to a hostel, I just felt so much better because I was surrounded by people who were doing the same thing as me, you know, traveling. I wasn't alone. I wasn't in the capital of a big, scary new place. And I slowly started to ease into my travels. This next story that I want to share with you is one that only happened like three weeks ago, I think now, and it is it's kind of hilarious. It's definitely another example of me. Uh, actually, no, I don't think I overreacted. I think I was, you know, I was pretty chill. I was very like, I think it was called for. We'll see anyway. So basically, I was on the island of Koh Samui, and I traveled there from the country of Laos. I traveled 26 hours the day before. 
I was like, you know, 26 hours prior to this to get down here so that I could go to Copenhagen and attend the full moon party, which is something I've wanted to do since literally May. And I just, you know, it was a big deal for me. I wanted to get there and two of my friends from the big group that we were with, you know, they were keen to come as well. So we traveled this ridiculous travel day. Like we had a, fl- we had a, a shuttle, we had a flight, we had another, a grab, and then we had a night bus and then we had a, you know, we had another bus and then we had a ferry and then we had a van and then we finally made it to our hostel. It was like, it was insane. And I didn't really get to eat very much food. I think I had like two lots of fries, I accidentally ate meat and then I missed the meal that they had at midnight because the girls left me sleeping, which is really kind of them because I did need to sleep, but also I was really hungry. So I was also like kind of, I don't know, I was torn. I needed some food. So by the time we got to Koh Samui and we checked into our hostel, we were on the hunt for a, a good meal. You know, we needed some food and we needed some rest. So I went and had this giant English breakfast. Like I'm talking giant. Like I had hash browns. I had baked beans. I had tomatoes. I had mushrooms. I had egg. I had a chocolate milkshake and I had a coffee. Like I ate all you could eat and I ate all of it very quickly. And then I felt a lot better. I had a bit of energy. So we walked around, did some shopping, booked in to get our nails done. I'd even video called my best friend Amelia. Like we'd done a lot with the day. And then we headed back to the hostel for like a little rest before we were going to go get our nails done. And while we were there, I like I had started to feel a bit shit while we were walking around, but like not bad. And then like all of a sudden, I just felt so bad, like fatigued, like I couldn't even stand. Like I was like, oh, I don't know if I can like walk down the stairs. And then I kind of thought, oh, shit, I don't think I can make it to the nail salon. Like that feels like too much. I'm too fatigued. I'm too ill. Like I can't do that. And I sort of like, I remember just sort of like slumping against the wall and just like falling down like dramatically like, oh, guys, I don't feel good. And my friend Leah's like, oh, like, do you need a vomit? Do you need to like do a cheeky tacky? Maybe go and ooh, get that stuff out. I thought, oh. And then as soon as she said that, I went, oh, my God, I don't even need to force it. Like, I'm going to vomit. So I run to the bathroom and I just like projectile vomit everywhere. Like, well, in the I made it in the bowl. Thank you very much. I made it in the bowl. But it was like it was a force to be reckoned with this vomit. And it just didn't seem to end. Like it was sorry, this is very graphic about vomit, but like it was monstrous. It was like a giant T-Rex roar. Like, I don't know. No one's pretty when they vomit. Eh, pretty is the wrong word. No one like is glamorous. Like it's, I sounded like a dinosaur and I could hear the girls kind of, cause we were almost late for the nail appointment being like, Hey, woo. Oh, we're just going to go like, hope you feel better while I'm like vomiting out my guts. And you know, fair enough. We had the nail appointment. What can you do for me? Not really much at this point. Once they were gone and I'd finally finished getting rid of everything in my system, I kind of like, I just remember like slumping on the wall and in this toilet and thinking, what the fuck? That was intense. Like that was a brutal vomit and just, wow, everything came out. And then my mind began to kind of tick and I began to sort of go, ooh, that's weird. Like why did I just spontaneously vomit? I feel a lot better now. And ooh, like when was my last period? And I started counting the days and it was like six weeks before this, while I was still in Bali, I'd had my last period because I have like period undies, you know, when you're traveling, it's way easier. And um, like, you know, I hadn't, hadn't put them in the wash for a while. So that's how I sort of knew when the last time I had you had my period was. I just went, fuck, fuck, I might be pregnant. Like I might be pregnant. And I stopped 
panicking. And so the only thing to do is to call your best friend. So I video call Amelia and she, because we talked prior to that, like earlier that day, she answered the phone like, hi, what color bikini did you get? And I'm there like, you know, I've got a red eyes from vomiting and I'm like tear strained. And I'm like, Amelia, we have a problem. I might be pregnant. Like, uh, I just remember like I went to the worst, like the most extreme, you know, like this is bad. I haven't had my period in so long. Like, I think I just had morning sickness. Like, what should I do? And she's like, okay, okay, it's going to be fine. Go down to the pharmacy, get a pregnancy test. Let's just like put your mind at ease. And I just the whole time that I was walking down, I was like, what do I do? Like, should I Google how to get an abortion in, in Thailand? And I thought, should I call my mom? Like, maybe I should tell her because this is a big deal. I don't, I don't want to have a baby. I can't have a baby. I can't have a baby in Thailand. Like, I, 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 it's going to be a mama mia situation in two ways, like more ways than another one, because, uh, uh, excuse me, I don't know who the father is. And also because, well, you know, I'm in another country. Am I just going to live on this island now in Koh Samui and have a baby and, I don't know, make own my own hostel? I don't know. These are, this is literally the things that were going through my mind as I walked to this pharmacy. And I go in and I'm like still on video call with Amelia and I tearfully ask for a pregnancy test and I pay for it, which, by the way, why are pregnancy tests so freaking expensive? Like, I mean, it wasn't that bad, but like, also, why do I have to pay to know whether or not I'm going to be a mother? Like, I just think that that is ridiculous that I have to pay for that. Anyway, back to the story. I walk back. I go to the same toilet that I threw up in because I feel like that's ceremonial, I guess. I go to this one. Sorry, I think I'm rustling because my hands are getting really aggressive while I tell this story, but um, I'll try to keep them at ease. I go back to the toilet. I take this test and I'm just, I'm still on FaceTime with Amelia because that's what you do. And I'm still crying. I'm still talking about every option. I'm still running through the Mamma Mia scenario. And it's kind of getting funny at this point, but also I still think I might be pregnant. It does come back negative, which is great. And Amelia's like, go to bed, like go rest. You're clearly like, it might be food poisoning or just like some kind of like sporadic weird thing. At least there's no babies. So I hang up and I go and I rest and I watch YouTube and like fall asleep. And I'm awoken like an hour later to like, you know, when you're going to be sick and it like runs through your body and you're like, fuck. And I have that and I'm on a top bunk bed. So it's a bit of like a mission to get to the toilet, but I make it in time and I bomb again. And when I sit up, I'm like, okay, this is food poisoning. 100%. That English breakfast has freaking fuck me over and that sucks all that milkshake I couldn't quite figure out what it was that gave me like the sickness I don't know also prior to this I'd also done like uh tipsy tubing in Laos and I think that the Mekong that we were in like got quite a few people sick so it's possible that that also made me sick but I'm, I'm really not sure Anyway, go back to bed, sleep for another two hours. I'm awoken again by the same horrible red flush of illness running through my body. I sit up and I'm like, I'm not going to make it this time. Like, I'm trying to get down the bunk bed. Like, in retrospect, I should have just slept on the bottom bunk bed. Like, I don't know why I still stayed in the bed I was given. I was so ill. And I, like, vomit in my mouth, into my hands, like, trying to hold it over. And it's so gross. But I, like, run to the bathroom and, like, finish the rest of it. But as I'm finishing the rest of it in the bowl, I'm like, oh, no, 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 because I also kind of need to shit, like, or, like, something of a shit. I don't know if it's a fart or what it is, but I'm like, no, no, i got to focus on the vomiting right now because it's all over my hands. It's still coming out. And then I'm like, guys, I shat myself. I shat myself while vomiting. And prior to that, I thought I was pregnant. This is genuinely one of the worst days ever, like... I shat myself, which is, okay, it's the third time this year, but, like, 
it was just so and also I was running low in underwear so it was just devastating it was just awful I like shower I you know I just I remember looking at myself in the mirror and thinking oh my goodness like you are a mess you're a mess you're a bloody fucking mess it was traumatizing and that's how I almost was pregnant in Thailand but I also shat myself in the same day and that is some stories and honestly guys I have a lot more it's been a fun couple of weeks and yeah, let me know what you think of this first episode and what else you would like to hear, any any thoughts. Uh, I really enjoyed recording this and have a good day. Bye.